0: I'm Dr. Molly Ness, host of the End Book Deserts podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
1: Hey, Steve here, and my podcast, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, is hosted on Podbean. If you use my affiliate link when you sign up for podcast hosting, you will get one month free. I've been on Podbean for the whole existence of my podcast since November of 2013. In that time frame, I've had non-stop service. I've had easy access to assistance when I needed help. I've been able to upload unlimited pictures and podcast episodes. The dashboard is easy to use. My Podbean community has grown tremendously. Looking at starting a podcast? Well, use my affiliate link to get one month free of hosting. Go to my website at stephenmoletto.com sponsors and click on the Podbean hosting link to see what plans are offered and choose the one that, you like the best. You'll be glad you did. Dr. Loreo Martinez is the award-winning founder of Heart & Mind Consulting, a company dedicated to helping schools and organizations integrate social-emotional learning in their practices, products, and learning communities. Today, we're focused on her book, Teaching with a Heart and Mind, A Complete Educator's Guide to Social-Emotional Learning. Oh, what a cool episode today. You're going to love this interview. And by the way, shout out to Coach Keith S. for leaving such an awesome review. Thank you so much. And by the way, you can get a shout out too. All you got to do is go to stephenmuleto.com slash reviews and uh, leave a rating and a review for the show. Could you do that for me? That would be so, so awesome. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that we'll be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stevenmalettocom sponsors, find the NVTA logo, and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. Dr. Lorea Martinez is the award-winning founder of Heart & Mind Consulting, a company dedicated to helping schools and organizations integrate social-emotional learning in their practices, products, and learning communities. An educator who has worked with children and adults internationally, Dr. Martinez is currently a faculty member at Columbia University Teachers College, educating aspiring principals in emotional intelligence. Previously, she was a special education teacher and administrator. Learn more at loreamartinez.com. Uh, today, we're focused on her book, Teaching with a Heart in Mind, A Complete Educator's Guide to Social-Emotional Learning. Lorea, thanks for joining me today, and say hi to everyone.
0: Hi, everyone. So excited to be here with you all.
1: Well, the... Th- Shortly, we'll dig into your book, Teaching with the Heart in Mind, A Complete Educator's Guide to Social-Emotional Learning. But let's first talk about this from your introduction. As educators, we plant seeds to develop our students' academic, social, and emotional capacity. Even though we may not uh, see the fruit of our efforts until years later, teachers have the ability to nurture caring and supportive relationships that empower students to be their best selves, but they need to do the work. Could you just kind of talk about where that came from and uh, you know, what, what made you want to make sure you included that?
0: yes that's a a really good question and a good one to get us started um i just wanted to emphasize that many times when we work with children we don't see the results of the relationships that we um, establish with the kids we don't see all the seeds that we plant in the ways that we interact with them how we engage their curiosity or we motivate them, or we believe in them, all those things that effective educators do. Sometimes you don't know until years later after maybe you have a visit from a student and uh, there's a a story in my book about a student that came to see me uh, years later after I hadn't known anything about him for many years and he came back and said that the relationship and the time that he had spent in my classroom really made an impact. And I had no idea that 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 was the case for him. I I thought it actually was uh, one of the students that where our relationship was like a, a work in progress, I would call it. And when he left, I thought, oh, I hope that he does well. And he came back and said, wow, that was really an, an impactful relationship. So it's, uh, I think, a symbol of hope for educators, because the work of teachers is very messy, is emotionally exhausting. So knowing that every interaction that you have with a child is an opportunity to to be that champion for the kid. So I wanted to make sure that uh, teachers knew that.
1: That's excellent. It was a nice, is a nice, pleasant way to start with, with uh, getting that reinforcement, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Before I leave the introduction. It, you'll be using a few words, acronyms, that I want to make sure that we come to terms with, which is simply just making sure, even though there might be some understanding, just to make sure that we kind of set it uh, in, in play here. So tell us a little bit about what CASEL is and what you mean by SEL when you talk about SEL.
0: Yes, so CASEL is the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning and is an organization that um, has been pioneer and leading the SEL field for many years. Um, They are the ones that first started defining the field of SEL with contributions from uh, Dr. James Comer. Um, And SEL is a broad concept and SEL stands for social emotional learning. And the way that I define and Conceptualize SCL, it has a different components. So the first one is what probably people know the most, which is that through SCL, we teach. Certain social emotional skills, and that is one section of what SEL is, but it's not the whole picture. So SEL is also, a, you know, in a more general perspective, a lens that we use to look at our teaching practices to see if we are really engaging and motivating our students, if we are able to respond to their needs, if we are engaging emotions in our in our teaching, and with the goal of really being able to get to equitable outcomes for students. And depending on the, the kinds of students that you work with or with what level, that may look uh, differently. You may use different tools and strategies, but at the end of the day, the goal of SCL is truly to, to be able to create an environment where students feel seen, where they feel heard, and where you are really planting those seeds that are gonna help students to grow and thrive.
1: Excellent, thanks. And I, that way, we're all on the same uh, level. What we're talking about, I appreciate it. And you know, and and so in order to talk about your book, we have to, the reader has to understand, the listener has to understand that um, teaching with a heart in mind is a model that you've designed. So, can we just start with a little bit of explaining what heart is and means?
0: Yeah, So, heart is an acronym for five social and emotional skills. And the reason, before I get into the specifics of what it is, is to to go a little bit about, uh, to explain why I created the model is because I wanted to create a framework that would help educators to um, immediately be able to apply and do it in their classrooms and many times when we talk about SEL, it's hard to, to have a picture in your head about what is it that we mean when we say self-awareness or self-management. There are so many things. So the heart in mind model came up as a, um, you know, with the goal of making sure that teachers had a practical and user-friendly framework to bring SEL into their classrooms. So, HARD, as I said, is this acronym, and H stands for honor your emotions, and that includes being able to name your emotions, interpret, and and be able to act on them. Um, E stands for elect your responses, so more related to self-management and how you create some kind of space before you engage uh, with your behavior, so being able to be responsive instead of reactive to the things that happen in your life on a regular basis a is apply empathy and in my model apply empathy includes self-empathy because i realized working with schools and educators for many years that educators tend to be really hard on themselves So there is a place there where we need to engage our self-compassion and be able to treat ourselves with kindness as much as we are hoping that 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 kids will do that with other people, right? It starts, SEL really starts with the self. Then we move into the R and that's reignite your relationships. And the the reignite has a specific reason there. I wanted to kind of create this this, uh, picture of how relationships are something where we have to um, really nurture, right? So it's like a fire that sometimes, you know, the first time you try, it really burns and it's beautiful and you can just sit down and relax. And there are some relationships that happen that way where you can have a connection with a child or with another adult and there are other relationships where you really need to think about like okay what what does this fire need in order to fully thrive right and that depends on like okay what are the weather conditions and what are the kind of materials you are putting in so really taking time to look at how we create those positive relationships. And then finally, the T stands for transform with purpose. And this is something that many SCL models, I feel like they were were lacking, which is being able to look at your own internal assets and the things that are important to you as a human being, and then how you are gonna contribute those strengths and those assets for the betterment of the community. So that's the skill that really, uh puts everything else into perspective because it it's the place where you can pull on the other skills in order to really be in society and in community but with a goal with a goal that goes beyond the self that is something that is bigger than yourself
1: very cool you know it's and, and it all works very well and you know we're we're yeah, I have you talking about it right now, but we're going to go into some detail here in just a second about each, uh, about most of it, and and uh, uh, it, it just is just really works well, and that's what I, I wanted to make sure I said. You know, it, we, in chapter one, we feel, therefore, we learn. Let's talk a little bit about him, Emotions affect learning because that's you know kind of a big part of, uh, of when we talk about SEL here. So, how do emotions affect learning?
0: Yes, and, and this is actually, I think, a key understanding for SCL. Um, so emotions, you know, years ago, it was thought that emotions hinder our ability to focus and learn in the classroom. So unless you went to a, you know, a progressive school or a school that was very pioneered with SCL, as an adult, we were taught, well, when you come into the classroom, just leave your emotions out the door right like don't bring them into the space because they are they're going to really distract you from what's important. Well, today we know from a research in neuroscience and human development that emotions are an integral part of any cognitive processing that we do. So, in order to make decisions in order to um to remember new information or to make connections between concepts, we need emotions. So that is one part in which emotions affect learning. And it truly has many implications for teaching and learning because it means that instead of like trying to suppress our emotions as educators, what we do is truly try to engage those emotions in students and and think about ways in which we can use their natural curiosity and their motivation to create an environment where they can really come together and, and thrive.
1: In Chapter 3 of Teaching with a Heart and Mind, you note, in the U.S., 34.8 million children are affected by the Adverse Childhood Experiences, or ACEs. Could you share a little bit more about this, about ACEs and the idea of this Adverse um, Childhood Experiences?
0: Yeah, so um, Adverse Childhood Experiences are a traumatic event that children may experience um, growing up. And some of them might be having a parent with drug addiction or uh, parents going through a a difficult divorce or having to change houses multiple times. And what we know is that those experiences impact uh, human development. So the way that the brain develops as children are young, is gonna be impacted based on those experiences. Um, the good news is that there are many strategies that educators can bring into their classrooms to support students who have been impacted by ACE. And one of the, the most meaningful contributions uh, from the science of learning and development is that when we have and we create positive relationships between Uh, adults and students who have been impacted by trauma and adversity, um, those relationships actually have an impact on the genetic makeup of students. So that means that those positive relationships are a protective factor for kids. Um, And that's why one of the key strategies for trauma-informed Uh, practices is to really develop strong relationships and supportive relationships with our students.
1: And that's, that's something that uh, I just wanted to make sure that I, I brought that in because it's a a strong theme throughout your book, as well as the model is the idea of the importance of the the role of these relationships, relationships in positive relationships play. And I think that's just, uh, um, you know, it's definitely powerful. Yeah. The best colleagues I've ever worked with they're just their ability to connect and help kids uh, focus on what needs to be focused on and or be able to address whatever's going on in their world is uh, um, about those relationships and uh, and not ignoring those emotions when they pop in there either so (laughs) which is cool that's
0: right and I would say that there is also this misconception that these really that you cannot learn how to develop relationships. And we, we all know those, you know, colleagues, maybe that they, the kids love right away. Right. They don't do anything. They just show up and the (laughs) students light up They maybe they like their humor or they, whatever that is that the person is bringing to the child. Right. And, and maybe some of the, your listeners may be thinking, I'm not that teacher. (laughs) I will never be right. Right. The thing is that any of these skills are learnable, right? The only thing that you have to bring is the intention that, Hey, I, I can improve the way in which I relate to my students, or I can deepen the relationships that I have with, with the kids in my class. This is something that you can develop and, and learn, um, to improve those relationships. So don't think that this is something innate that you have it or you don't like you can actually develop them.
1: That's funny. Cause it, you know, there are, there are some, I can't, I, how do you do that? I mean, and it's like, well, you know, part of it's, you know, part of it's paying attention to the kids, you know, it's, it's, they have to, you know, it is learnable because it's just, you have to realize that, it, they're not just, you know, just like as teachers, we don't like to be thought of as, you know, like we just go lock ourselves in the closet, and stick a plug in and recharge ourselves overnight and come back out. You know, kids aren't that way either. And, <laughs> and I think right. that that's one of those big steps there. So cool stuff. I You know, one of the things that uh, I want to talk about as, as I progress through is in Chapter 4, Developing Positive Conditions for Learning under a s- segment titled, Supports and connection. You comment the following meaningful classroom relationships impact students growth and readiness for learning. So let's go a little deeper into this, because if we have these, you know, we have these good relationships that are happening. Talk about how that gets them ready to learn. I mean, just it's just that what it does for their world to say. Okay, go ahead, teach. I can talk about, uh, you know, world history and the, uh, <laughs> I'll take, all right, we'll pick on your world. We, we'll take Spain in uh, 1834, I don't know, you know. <laughs> um,
0: right.
1: So talk about that, I mean, what is, how does that, how does it make it possible for them to start saying, you know, this learning stuff's okay?
0: Yeah, so so there are a couple of things. The first one that I would say is that the, the brain has, all these uh, tools to be effective, right? And we don't pay attention to things that we don't care about. So, if things are not interesting, our brain doesn't waste any energy. And that is from neuroscience, right? That's not us making a conscious decision that we are not going to pay attention. It's like the brain shuts down, right? So, a way to engage in those meaningful relationships is really getting to know your students. So you can connect what you are teaching in the classroom to a students' personal interests, or if they have a particular goal or something they are working on, where you can really uh, ignite their curiosity by connecting that content that you are teaching with something that is interesting to students. And that may be you know like showing them or or helping them see how that content is connected to something they want to accomplish or the way that they can use that knowledge in the future but it can also be in your methodology right so if your students like most students like uh, music for example so can you use music and music that is familiar to them that they enjoy to to bring your content come to life in the classroom right so one aspect would be the content the other aspect would be what's the methodology and some of the tools that you use in your teaching so that's one part the other part is that the brain brains that are that perceive that they are under threat. um and they experience stress because of that are not able to learn so many times and i've i'm I'm guilty of doing this as a as a teacher i started my career as a special education teacher to say oh why and when kids ask why is this important sometimes i would say well this is going to be on the test right and i know many teachers still say those words (laughs) well what (laughs) happens for children is that the, the brain shuts down when they perceive that as a threat and that doesn't open the brain for learning what it does is it puts you in a survival mode. Where you are just becoming very much reactive to the situation right, so the other aspect of those creating those positive relationships is making sure that students feel safe. And there's a component that is feeling physically safe, right? Well, they don't feel this threat, but the other component, which is as important is psychologically safe, where they know that there's going to be that respectful relationship with the teacher that uh, really the environment in the classroom is positive where students look for each other and where you are not um, trying to, to, to Where you are not afraid that something's going to happen to you, or someone is going to be mean to you, or you are being bullied, right? So all those those aspects influence the way that you create that learning environment, and then influence those positive relationships that you are able to set up with your students. Yeah,
1: you know, it's funny what you're talking about. One of the things that it makes me think about is that some a lot of times when when a teacher gives or the adult gives the the, the kid that response about because I told you to, or because I said so, or because it's on the test. You know, a lot of times that's one of those, you're in the moment where it's like, get away from me, kid. you, kid, you bother me. You know, it's like, okay, oh, you, you know, and my point is, is is really that, you know, those are some of the things that sometimes we have to be, be careful as, a, as adults because you do, you know, you get in the moment and you're doing this, that, and the other and you get a million questions and then suddenly there's the one that won't go away and it's like, okay, brain, help my mouth. <laughs> you know, that's, type of thing and remember that if, if I say the wrong thing here I might shut them down and uh, I have over the years when you're in the classroom there's so many times when you have to really think okay is this the answer is this really the answer I want to give them <laughs>
0: right right and there's and for the adults too there's that initial reaction right right it's like the first thing that comes to 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 the tongue of your mouth and then you realize right that's the the electing your responses skill like the creating that pause and then thinking okay is this the best way that i can react you know respond to this situation and many times the answer is no. So you need to kind of like take that those deep breaths or take a moment or or try to handle the situation in a way where at, at, above all that you are maintaining the relationship with that child, right? Because that can be an on and off switch for that kid where they can say, oh, this teacher doesn't care about me. I'm not going to try in this class, right?
1: Right. Yeah, that's... that's so, the- Go, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, that I was just, you know, kind of like finalizing my thought there of those moments are important because if that child has that curiosity to ask that question, even if as adults, that it might bother us, part of this SEL work is to be able to acknowledge that those emotions that we feel as adults in the classroom, it is okay to have those emotions, right? It's not about judging what we feel, but it's about how we respond to those emotions and noticing that that child's question is really triggering you and you may respond in a way that is not constructive. Okay. So that's the moment to kind of like do your integration and think about how can I best respond to this, to this child in this particular situation.
1: And that's just, that information alone is just so powerful because it's it's so easy sometimes to um, you know, and I, I'll use an example. I mean, it, it um, you just never know how a, a, a child's going to connect with you. And so like, for example, one time, um, um, there's a, there's a, a, a student in this school who was a writer and, you know, basically what I did was I said, well, one day in between the class breaks, why don't you come around and I'll read what you've written and and then I'll be happy to talk with you about what I, what you wrote. And, and the student was, you know, pretty good. I mean, it was, it was, you know, for that, that age, but because, how can I say this nicely? Because I gave attention and was willing to talk about it, then that seemed to be what that student always wanted to talk about. (laughs) And it's like, okay, we got other stuff we got to talk about. And so I had to be careful because, you know, it's like at the worst possible moment, that student's going to be asking me, "Uh, can can I talk to you about my new, new revision to this? And I'm like, okay, wait a second. <laughs> Can we do this after the discussion about what we're talking about right now? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, my point is, is that it's that just, oh, you, even when you mean well, sometimes your, your brain may let you down, which is sad. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, what would I do here? Because some of them are very fragile. And I think that one would have been <laughs> if I'd said the wrong thing. So but good stuff i mean it, you know in, in chapter five teaching and integrating the heart and mind model you revisit the model share classroom implementation strategies and classroom applications of the model this is very very practical everything is getting love this and talk a little about the inspiration for this chapter as well as what the readers will find that will be helpful for using the heart model if you will
0: Yeah, so the inspiration came from the work that I had been doing with schools and teachers. And it really incorporates some of the challenges that teachers were experiencing when trying to implement SEL in in their classrooms. And one of the things that we know from the research that has been done in the SEL field is that SEL is mostly effective when it's truly integrated into the fabric of the school from the teaching practices to the way that your uh, office manager greets students and families when they come to school right everything every interaction is an opportunity to to teach and model these scl skills so in in that chapter i go in depth into each one of those competencies to help educators really understand what it entails right so what it means to honor your emotions and then to go and unpack that and say, okay, if I want to teach this skill, how would it look like in my classroom? So I offer, you know, many strategies to teach the skill explicitly, which is one of the components of SEL, but then also to integrate it with integrate SEL with teaching practices and then with academic content. So as I was saying earlier, if we are trying to really embed these emotions in our classroom and to teach teaching ways that are responsive to students' needs, um, that takes into consideration the importance of relationships um, and, and everything that we know about how the brain learns, we need to do those three things. And for many schools, they are still in step A. They are still kind of like just doing the explicit instruction of SEL, which is better than nothing, right? But we need to go beyond that to look at the teaching practices and academic content. So this, cha- this chapter really is where, you know, I think that educators can go to town because it has all the specifics. And the book is written with um, a variety of, grade levels in mind, right? From, from pre-K up to adults. And in the book, I include a scope and sequence for each one of those competencies. So you can see what, what would be a, a developmentally appropriate expectation for a kindergarten when it comes to those five skills versus a middle school student or a high school student right so as an educator you can have that as a guide and say okay this is what's developmentally appropriate and now i can go through the book and find the activities and the tools that are helpful based on the students that I have in front of me, right? There's always that component of really making sure that what you are teaching speaks to the, the children that you have in the classroom and the youth, and then um, be able to do it in a way that is uh, developmentally appropriate.
1: Gotcha. And that's and and just kind of mm-hmm. reiterating something that you said is that this is the, you give lots of good ideas. I mean, there's all, all kinds of, this is the, the, the part where, uh, now let's put it into action. What's, what's going on with the, uh, with the model. And I, and I love this chapter. It's, it's great. It gives you, you know, lots of ideas and thoughts about, uh, um, what the point is. So, uh, good stuff. The, do you have, I gotta, I know this is a no, no to ask authors, but do you have like a favorite part of your model that, uh, you know, I have the heart. Is there one of the letters that that's just your thing? Boon Titanium Rings, found on the web at boonrings.com, is an affiliate partner of Teaching Learning Leading K 12. And I'm also a customer. I have this really cool ring that's ca- got these carved pistons and, and stars in it. I love it. They make rings of titanium that are carved, laser cut, and engraved, as well as they have inlays of many types of materials like meteorite, acrylic, wood, carbon fiber, and so many other types. They also have special collections that are incredible designs. One of the top sellers are the Gamer Rings, the Stealth Series, and the Black Zirconium. As a note, they also make make earrings, pendants, cufflinks, and for you musicians, they make cool trumpet mouthpieces, love it. Go to boonrings.com and at checkout use my code, capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, number 12, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out. I love my ring and I know that you will love yours.
0: Um, I would say that my, I don't know if it's my thing, but one of my favorite competencies is the transform with purpose. And because it's one that I don't, I don't see schools getting to as often as they, many schools, they really focus on the self-awareness and the self-management. And I don't know if it's a challenge with the timing and they don't get to kind of like putting the, the the cherry on top of the sundae or, or the, right? All right? That is the part, like transforming with purpose and creating classrooms where students are engage in thinking about how they can be contributors in their community. I think that's really powerful and something that students have so many ideas when you ask them about problems in their things or challenges that they see in their school or in their community and how to solve those problems. They have so many ideas and what Transform with Purpose does is to really help them put into practice all the skills that you are trying to teach them in addition with your academics into this very much a, a cohesive and, a, and purpose-driven project where they can go out and be change makers in their community.
1: Very nice. Thanks for choosing. Thanks for uh, saying that. I appreciate it. The, uh, um, But and I think that makes sense. I mean, it, it's that next step that, and whatever that is, there's always a lot of it's easier just to kind of stop than to go that next extra mile, that next step, that next thing. So I like that. Uh, you know, it, your book's broken into multiple parts, and in and in uh, part three, titled "The Wholehearted Educator," you have a chapter. And it's chapter nine that I may, need to make sure that I share before we finish. The chapter is titled "Building Your Resilience," and I love this chapter. All right. This is this is an amazing chapter. It's awesome. Uh, talk about why you included it. I mean, what, what what brought this to make sure that it made the final cut?
0: Yeah. So so if I if I had a, a tagline uh, for how I do the SEL work, I think that it would be SEL is about the adults, not the kids.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Because the SEL work needs to start with us, the adults. So children are so smart. So if you are trying to teach an SEL lesson and you are not authentically involved with it, if you're asking students to share about their emotions, but you are not sharing yours, or you are not being open about a hard situation that you experienced in your life and how you overcame or how you made a mistake, children are going to see that right? And your lesson is going to be ineffective because they can see if you are really engaged or not with the content. So in in that section of the book, the, the goal is truly for, for educators to see themselves as learners in this process. And it is an invitation to make sure that not only we understand these skills but also that we practice intentionally so we can model model them effectively for our students. Um, and then specifically on the resilience as I was writing this this book and you know writing a book is such a long process but through going um, from the start I knew I wanted to include something on resilience because I know, based on the data that we have on on teacher turnover that teaching is almost like this impossible profession right it's almost like a place where we go to get our hearts broken <laughs> uh, good, because good it is difficult is <laughs> challenging is emotionally draining and in many cases it's because educators really care about doing a good job for their students right and there are many challenges within the system that make it hard for teachers to bring their best work forward Um, so the this chapter on resilience what it does is it walks you through the heart and mind model uh, but from the focus of the adult and it has five questions um, to nurture your resilience um, and I, I can tell you a, a quick story. I was doing a workshop with teachers uh, a few months ago and I I was walking them through these um, five questions to build resilience. And when we got to the empathy side, um, I, the teachers had to think about a difficult situation that they were experiencing. One of the educators share with me when she came back from the breakout room that she was almost upset that I had asked her to reflect on that situation from the other person's perspective, right? Because it, it, it almost felt like it was minimizing her experience, but as she was reflecting on the situation from with that empathy, she was able to see, okay, this is my part of the story, but there's also another part of the story from, from the other side. Right. So when we bring so just to to um, to share an example that when we are engaging this kind of reflection, we can really develop and bring ourselves forward more intentionally and learn what these skills mean in our lives. Right. And unless we we do this as a, as adults, we cannot fairly ask our students to do it right it wouldn't be right. a, a fair ask if we are not able to do it ourselves
1: that's that's very it's a very good point and I, and you know there are adults that that's they're not that's not their thing they'll tell you that you know oh, why should i that's not my thing that's not what i do and of course they're missing out on that connection that's going to happen as a result of it and you know and that's getting back to something you talked about in the beginning about you, we can teach you how to connect with kids it's it's, it's not unlearnable well part of it is you've got to show and share and you know, show the stuff that you're talking, you know, that uh, you're expecting of the kids as well. Um, but uh, I like that. It's You know, it's, uh, I, I just know that, uh, you know, one of the things that I think too often is ignored is just like you said, it's it's got to be about adults just as much. Because I think they wear, many of them, it starts building on their shoulders. They're wearing the emotions that they're picking up from the kids that, or the frustration that they, you know, it, I, I know I can make, I can help. I can help. I, what, why is this not working? Or, you know, just the idea of, you know, I remember a colleague saying, I, th- I think my problem is I care too much, you know,
0: <laughs> and,
1: you know There's any number of those.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's very true. And there's a, um, you know, there's something called empathy fatigue, Right, and it's a it's a term that is used um, with helping professions like um, health, you know, healthcare workers and educators, because when you care too much and you are not creating differentiation between. What your students are experiencing and your own feelings, you might go home and carry your students experiences with you, right, which makes it harder for you to Be present with your family with your own children or to be able to enjoy whatever you do when you come home from school or you turn off your computer. Now that we are still in virtual right so Developing SCL and bringing SCL to schools is also that part. Is also being to have, being able to have those conversations with your staff about what it means to to be in the profession for the long term. And there is a part of this, as I was saying, with resilience that you can develop as an individual. But at the same time, this cannot be uh, solely the responsibility of the educators. We need to create systems where. Educator well-being is seen as structure in a way that that truly brings the importance of having healthy adults and adults that are well to work in schools, right? So it is as much an, an, an individual act as a collective responsibility for how we are designing schools. Uh, to make sure that educators can do can bring their best work forward and can be well doing the work in the long term.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. What you're making me think about is that as a principal, um, you'd see uh, members of your faculty that uh, um, would spend extra time together. So, like, uh, and it and it's all about kind of. Uh, Rehashing, connecting, having fun, kind of shaking off the week and stuff like this. So there's, you know, you'd find different groups like on a Friday that uh, you knew which ones were, um, were going to be someplace uh, having uh, dinner together or uh, you know just having uh, just a, some blow off time and you know maybe even you know watching some sp- sport on TV or something like that. As but they do it together and it kind of would connect and, and allow them to kind of push away whatever was. You know, wearing so heavily on them, whereas I was kind of worried about some of them who, who kind of would push that away, didn't want to participate, or even just if you just went for a minute or two and got some laughs. I mean, I just uh, – because I think sometimes that's one of the things – and I know we all deal with it differently, but uh, um, I, I, I seem to recall that usually those groups, those small groups, would be fairly healthy in their ability to kind of shake off the worst of the worst that happened, so – but.
0: Right. No, and I think you said something really key, which is not everybody's going to need the same, right? So when you think about creating a a healthy staff that can work together, some people may really need to engage in a game or something that it's going to, It's going to take them to think about something else. And some members of the staff may prefer an activity where you really have the time to process your feelings in a way that is supportive, right? And for principals, in, in the way that you can think about leading your staff meetings, that is SCL as well, is being able to offer all those different options and for people to come together as a community and acknowledge that we are doing this together, right? We have that, that shared purpose to serve the students in our school. Um, but I, I can tell you that many times in my career when I was in the classroom with kids, the many of my meetings when I went to the staff meetings were like business first, right? It was always like, okay, what's the information I need? And there was no time for building community. And that shuts people down right? Well, if you spend like 10, you don't need a long time. If you spend 10 minutes at the beginning of your meeting, just trying to bring people together, and then you get to the order of business, you're going to be so much more productive and people are going to be so much more engaged. Why? Because you are engaging their emotions. You are bringing them, you're asking them to, to be there, to be present, to to be authentic. Uh, And then you can get to the hard part of like, okay, what's the work that needs to be done. But unless you see people, I think in their full humanity of like, we struggle, but if we struggle together, we can support each other. Right? So I think that it's bringing back almost like that idea that we are a learning community and that includes the adults.
1: And so I think that's so important to, to recognize anybody who's reading your book needs, needs to kind of key on in on some of that. And especially, you know, it's funny cause it makes you think, I, I was thinking when, when you um, focused on the fact that we all don't need it the same way. Um, yeah. Cause there's always going to be somebody who's going to, you know, it, how can I say this? The idea that, Oh, I got the idea. I know what's good for everybody. We'll just make sure that we all have a big party. How about that? And then with some people that's, they don't want that. They, you know, don't force me to interact like that. That's, and uh, it just, it's just interesting. I, I think there's trying to recognize that there's different ways and we have to have those opportunities though, to have something. Cause otherwise, and I can imagine in recent years, it's probably been really bad about, you know, got to get to business and we don't have time for that. That other stuff's fluff. <laughs> you know, you probably run into that quite a That's bit. Right.
0: <laughs> yes. But this fluff, these fluff things, um, I mean, it works, right? Like it's the, is the, it is the foundation of human interaction and we can deny that it exists, but it's still there, right? And you can, um, I, I would say that for those who are listening, who may feel, you know, skeptical about what we are talking about, I would encourage them to try it to if they are leading a meeting or even if it's in their grade level teams to try the two versions, right? One where you go straight to business and one where they spend just ten minutes trying to connect with each other in a structured way and to see what are the results. And then they can, you know, contact us and let us know how it went because it makes a big difference.
1: Oh, it does. It does. I can I can tell you from uh, when you have those meetings with the faculty and you just you just got to get to this Stuff, but somebody does remind you. know, let's make sure we do others. I mean, you, you see it. It's just totally. It's very worthwhile. Very worthwhile. Um, good stuff. I I got to ask you this, if Laura, if you had a chance to talk with an audience of teachers and administrators, and they're getting ready for the first day of the fall term of 2021. So after this this year, that we'd like to see just totally go away in our memories, (laughs) not completely, but I mean, you know, it's that asterisk year, that type of thing. Uh, What is something that you would want them to remember about the new year?
0: Um, I would say that I would ask them to remember the importance of relationships. I think that if we start the new year, focus on, Almost rebuilding relationships after so many months being away or being together, but not on our full schedules, as schools have opportunities to go back full time, there needs to be some space for reconnecting with each other for the adults to see each other to have opportunities to connect and share, and then to really pay attention to the students, because we know that they're going to come back to the classroom with so much right? that they are caring that we may not see right away. But as we are intentionally looking to develop our relationships with the kids, to really get to know them um, as humans and to understand their experience, I think that brings us to a place where we can really uh, thrive and we can really learn together and support each other to, to be better.
1: Excellent. Excellent. I, I, I've got, uh, you know, before we go, um, one of the things that I want to make sure that, uh, you know, we've been talking about your book, teaching with the heart in mind, a complete educator's guide to social emotional learning. And, and uh, if someone to connect with you or learn more, where would you send them?
0: Yeah, so they can go to my website, at uh, laureamartinez.com. The first chapter of the book is currently free if you sign up for my newsletter, so they can go there and download the that first chapter. I have a ton of resources. I've been blogging about SEL for seven years, so I have a ton of free resources and articles. I'm also on social media, so mostly on Twitter and Facebook. So Twitter is at Lorea Mart and Facebook at Lorea Martinez SCL. And I love to hear from listeners and and educators around the world. So if you have questions or want to reach out, I'm always happy to, to hear from you.
1: Awesome. And I'll have those linked in the show notes. And so uh, um, very good stuff. And uh, um, I got to tell you, listeners, you won't be, uh, disappointed. Go download, you know, go, go in there, sign up for that, get that first chapter and then go get the book. Cause you're going to want the rest. The, uh, so last two questions, and these are questions I like to ask my guests and go, first one goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit?
0: Oh, yes. I've had a couple of those moments, uh, more than a couple during the pandemic. Um, the thing that keeps me going is my sense of purpose. And I was sharing with you earlier that that's probably my favorite skill in the heart and mind model, because I know why I'm doing the work that I do, because I've seen the transformation that can happen in classrooms and for adults when they they are truly carrying their hearts and they're truly showing their all their beauty. Um, I, there's such an amazing process that happens when educators adopt these practices and my goal truly is to help as many educators as I can to embrace SEL because of all the positive benefits that it has. Uh, so when I'm in, in you know those dark moments when you're like, you know is this worth fighting for?" I remind myself, of my purpose and, and my goal to the reason why I'm doing the work that I do. And normally that keeps me going.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Like that. It's, it's always cool to hear different, uh, the way different people deal with that overwhelm or whatever you want to call it. So good stuff. Uh, last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say, thank you?
0: Yeah. So I have several, but one that is very dear to my heart, uh, is my seventh and eighth grade, uh, social science teacher. He was pretty amazing and had this ability to connect with me personally. I, He really ignited my passion for learning, my love for school and learning new things. Um, He pushed me out of my comfort zone to go out and and pursue the topics that were interesting to me at the time. And I have to say that I have a little piece of paper in my wallet with his phone number and his email address. So when I go uh, back to Spain where I'm originally from, I generally try to at least, you know, sometimes visits are not possible, but at least say hi and and reconnect because he was really uh, transformational for me. Like he made a big difference in my life.
1: That's awesome. I, that, that's really cool too, that you can connect. I, I wish someone had asked me this question a long time ago because by the time I started doing something like this, thanking people who had made a difference like that, I. Um, many, of, many of the first ones that I would have reached out to were gone. And so it's, uh, that's awesome that you can do that. So good stuff. Uh, all right, thanks so much for talking with me today about your book, Teaching with a Heart in Mind, A Complete Educator's Guide to Social-Emotional Learning. I mean, excellent practical resource for helping educators address SEL needs of their students and themselves, by the way, <laughs> and themselves. Um, wishing the very best in all you do.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this time together.
1: Hey, did you know that you can buy me a soft drink? That's right. By going to buymeacoffee.com slash Stephen you can support Teaching Learning Leading K-12 by making a donation. And it's really cool. We got this little cool uh, soft drink cup right there. <laughs> that would be so awesome if you do that. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash and you can help support Teaching Learning Leading K-12. Thank you so much teaching learning leading k-12 is excited to be a member of voice ed radio voice ed radio your voice is right here teaching learning leading k-12 is a proud member of the education podcast network podcasts for educators podcasts by educators the opinions expressed on teaching learning leading k-12 are those of the guests and hosts Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.